Hey there, I'm Edwina Kennedy, registered pediatric dietitian and mom of two, and this is the My Little Eater podcast. Each week, I'll be dishing out all the best info on feeding and nutrition for your baby and toddler, answering all of your what do I do when scenarios, and helping you gain complete confidence in not only feeding your child, but in parenting as well. Every episode is filled with actionable and proven feeding strategies delivered by a mama and a feeding expert who's been there and done that. I hold your hand and I take you step-by-step through all stages of feeding while showing you how to implement what I teach you so that you can raise a happy and healthy little eater of your own. Let's do this. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the My Little Eater podcast. If you are new here, welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you are a longtime listener, I'm so happy that you are still tuning in every single week to get confident feeding your little ones. Today, we're gonna get a glimpse into the feeding journey of three mom twins, sorry, I should say three moms of twins who give it to us straight in terms of what it's like starting solids with two kids at once. It is, of course, hard enough to start solids with... One baby, you know, start adding meals to an already pretty full milk feeding schedule. But to do it with two kids, I mean, I was pretty stumped as to how people did it. And so I really wanted to know what these parents had to say in terms of tricks and tips that were up their sleeves. And if they could just share with expectant parents of multiples or parents that are about to start solids with twins, all that they know to help make this process and this journey a little bit easier for them. Plus, we get a glimpse into feeding them as toddlers as well from these parents. So I'm so excited for you to all learn from them just as much as I did. So first up is Victoria, who talks us through her experience with breastfeeding twins, trying to get them on the same schedule, and then also preparing them for solids with two very different babies on hand who were ready for solids at different times. So let's hear it from Victoria. All right, so maybe we can start with letting us know who you are and a little bit about you, about your family, and about your twins. Uh, I'm Victoria, and uh, I just recently relocated back to Nova Scotia. I'm from Nova Scotia, but was living in Alberta with my husband and three kids. I have a four-year-old daughter and two, not two-year-old, oh my goodness, two boys, (laughs) two, uh, like they're 18, 19 months old now, twin boys and my like huge 150 pound dog. He was my first, my first baby. Um, and yeah, we just relocated back to Nova Scotia. I'm an occupational therapist and about to head back to work after a very, very long hiatus. So <laughs> yeah, we were talking just before we hit record on this podcast and she has had quite the journey over the past year. And Honestly, God bless you <laughs> with all, <laughs> all of the craziness that you've been through, but you're still here and you're here to give us some of your best tips. So we're really excited to hear them firsthand from someone who's been through this and probably in the most difficult way possible. Okay. So just out of curiosity now, I know the main focus of what we want to talk about today is solids, but how was the journey in terms of breastfeeding them? And I don't know if at any point you formula fed them, but what was that like? And how did you tandem nurse or or alternate, yeah. I don't know, feeding the two <laughs> at once. Oh my goodness. Well, I had like nursed my daughter um, and it was like not a great experience. Like I did it for like four months and like full time. I was like determined that she was going to be nursed, you know, all the, all the things that we want to do. Mm-hmm. And so then this time around, I was like, I'm going to have such a great, you know, I'm going to have my little toddler who's 
going to be doing whatever. And I'm going to have this one baby who I know to, what to expect now. I know that feeding is hard. I know, you know, and then I got thrown twins and I was like, Oh God, I was like, now this whole plan that I have is like going to be going out the window. Cause I don't know what I'm doing, but yeah. So I did nurse them like right off the bat. And at first I was doing one at a time. And then there was, there was a lactation consultant uh, in the hospital that I was at. And she like taught me how to tandem nurse, which was really the only way to go after that, because where you're trying to keep them on the same like schedule ish, you want them to eat at the same time, like, which sounds easier than what it is. No, it doesn't Uh, sound easy at all. I gotta (laughs) say, honestly, I, I never had anyone in my family or close friends that have had twins that I've been able to witness, you know, how that whole experience goes. And it's like mind boggling to me, even as I was doing research, thinking of like what questions I want to ask you, I'm like everything, everything. I don't (laughs) even know how, like, it's exhausting enough with one kid trying to figure out when you're going to go pee and when you're going to shower and when you're going to eat and when you're going to sleep. And then it's like times two, how do you get them? Like, can you get them on the same schedule? Like what? I don't know. So yeah, I just want to say it does not seem like it'd be an easy thing in the slightest. Yeah. And I did like initially, I wouldn't say like the hospital pushed formula, but they were like with their like sugars and their jaundice and stuff. Like they really need to like be pooping and making sure they're like getting enough. So we did like supplement right off the bat with formula and we kind of just did that throughout like the journey because I just didn't want to have that like stress on myself. And obviously I was just getting to know them and I always thought they were hungry, which is just confusing with even going through it. Like they just always seemed hungry. And now knowing who they are now, they are always hungry. Like, (laughs) like they, cause people are like, you're feeding them way too much. I'm like, I, but they don't, they want it. Like I, yeah. it's, I don't know. So it was, yeah, I, I definitely, I also didn't know that I was having boys. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like complete surprise. So like I was in hindsight, my, my girl was like a breeze. <laughs> so then when we got two boys, I was like, I don't know what to expect. And it's been the complete opposite. So oh, okay. time two, obviously. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So. That's really, that's a good story so far. I'm, I'm loving this. So um, <laughs> can you tell us if you were nervous to start solids and what specifically that feeling was again, maybe nervousness or worry or, or was it just like excitement and you felt like, no, I got this. Well, I had taken your toddler course for my daughter. Um, and really my husband and I took it because we knew we were going to be so like preoccupied with the babies, like when someone would be looking after our daughter, we wanted to have really like consistent rules and things to follow. And like, I come from a place where like, you have to clean your plate, you have to eat all the food on your plate. And if you don't, you don't get this like, and I, we were, didn't want that. So we took the course. Cause I was like, I want to be on the same page with each other so that we can like be consistent with whoever's watching our daughter and we like, it was great. And we felt super comfortable with that. So just knowing that I was like, okay, we need to get the baby course. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we did when they were like, like little, little, like newborns. So we did the course like here and there, just like watch the videos together or whatever. So I did feel comfortable and like, we have both have CPR and stuff like that. So that's obviously uh, a factor as well. So we definitely felt comfortable where I didn't feel comfortable was like, they weren't ready. Like they weren't ready at six months, both of them. They like 
they were sitting upright, but not like the greatest. Like one of them still had like their tongue thrust come out. So I was just like, I don't think. And I was like, I just have to think about it. They're going to get there eventually. Just don't focus on the age because that's what obviously so many people focus on. Like this person's doing it. And I'm sure I probably wrote in your like client support group about it <laughs> because I was like, okay, what we want. <laughs> am, I, am I missing something? Yeah. But like they just, and I mean, they were almost a month early. So I kind of just like picture them as like a bit of, behind and they've really been all over the place with their like motor skills too so you know that was kind of like the iffy part but and and that makes sense and just to interject really quick I just for Mm -hmm. anyone else who's listening that is wondering about that you do always want to go by that adjusted age when it comes to readiness you know I mean you always want to look at their developmental signs of readiness you have to look and see what can they actually do but usually they say that's around six months give or take a few weeks for healthy term babies. But if your baby was born prematurely, even a couple weeks, you generally want to add that time, you know, Mm -hmm. as a guide again, in addition to looking for the signs. So that's very normal. So I'm glad you brought that up. So I guess my next question is, were your twins, so you're saying that they weren't ready right at six months, but were they ready at around the same time? Or did one kind of show those signs earlier than the other? Like one seemed more like interested, like when we were eating the other, he was kind of like, he's a very like oral baby. So as long as he had something to put in his mouth, he still is very oral. Like didn't matter if it was food or anything, he would be distracted forever. Like just Mm -hmm. by having something in his mouth. So he did like solids, but he definitely wasn't as interested, but I think he was just more distracted. But, and I think that also impeded a lot of his other, I mean, he's, He's completely fine now. He's like running around, but he like didn't roll. We just called him a potato, like just as a joke, because he just laid there for a long time, like way longer than any other baby. So we were like, it's going to come, it's going to come, it's going to come. And we're going to wish that he was a potato again. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so they were definitely, their interest was different. And then just even starting them, like the oral baby, he, he was like, yep. Okay. Now I know what this is. I like. I want this in my mouth and I want to eat. Whereas the other one who was more interested in the beginning, he was like spitting everything out basically. Ah, interesting. Okay. And did you start with purees? Did you do finger foods of mixing? How did that? Yeah, work? I did a bit of both. Mm-hmm. And I think I was more, I think I always saw them as just like so fragile, even though they weren't, but just, I saw them at when they were so little, like one of them was four pounds. So it was like, my daughter, I didn't have a lot of like nerves with her, but with them, I was like, they just seem so like young. They seem so, mm. so I, I definitely, I did a mix. Like I did mostly start at purees and then just to see how they went like for a week and they did pretty good. But then I kind of did just like finger foods, like whether it was strips of something like with fruit or like a whole strawberry. So it was more just like giving them the exposure Like I didn't, I don't, they didn't definitely didn't catch on right away, but it was just more for them to just touch things and put things in their mouth and try to pick it up. But I really like their, like one of their hand grasp, like the Mm -hmm. way that they grasp and just their pincer grasp, like Mm -hmm. just did not come for a long time. So it was really affected how, what I could give him. Like he always had to have strips. He still does. Like he still, because he only just got his pincer grasp within the last like couple of months, which is very late. Mm -hmm. But it was just, I think he just had weak hands and <laughs> it yeah. was just 
you know, trying not to OT him too much, obviously, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just was just trying. So that kind of affected even just like how I could serve the food to like both of them. That's so interesting. And I, I'm glad that, you know what, you have experience obviously from previous child, you have experience with your degree, but still, it was still, I'm sure, oh, you know, yeah, worrisome, yeah. right? But it's it's good for all of, you know, all the parents listening in today just to kind of see how incredibly different every child can be. And also mm-hmm. everyone, every, every baby comes into things in their own time and you have to adjust. And, and again, all the guidelines and timelines that we give are really just guides. Okay. So that was so interesting. I loved hearing from Victoria and we actually had another mom write in and send us her experience in a written format in terms of like how things went with her and feeding her twins. And what's interesting is that she actually started with purees for both of them until about nine months of age. Her babies had really bad reflux and that's just what worked best for them. And then she moved on to finger foods, but she also says, And I quote, when we first started purees, we would feed once a day in the morning between the morning and the mid-morning feed. And it was important for me to keep them on the same schedule to maintain some sort of sanity and structure. Now we eat three meals a day plus four bottles and we will be working in snacks. She also says... Honestly, I did not make their food. I bought store-bought food. Now I make food for them whenever I can fit it in. Usually it's during naps. Cleanup is always a time-consuming one. So I really appreciated that this mom actually told us and and shared her experience that like, listen, I had to buy some store-bought food and that's just what worked for us. My sanity was important. That's what we needed to get some structure in our lives. Of course, I do what I can when I can, but there should be absolutely no guilt around this. And listen, I really just want you at the end of the day you know me, if you know me, I should say, you know that I am all about you enjoying this experience and making this experience joyful for your baby or babies. It is not about the perfect, you know, nitty gritty details that sometimes, yes, would be nice if we did, that yes, sometimes are best practice. However, if you're enjoying this time and if your sanity is there and you're showing up with intention and you're showing up happily and your baby is doing that, then that's going to be what's going to get them to love mealtime. And that's going to be the biggest difference in, in your child's love for, for food and love for mealtimes and ability to actually grow into a healthy eater that is adventurous and that wants to be at the table. So FYI, Just a little tidbit I want to throw out there and then I'm so glad that this mom brought up. Okay, to add, she says, although they are identical, they couldn't be more different. They both went at their own pace and it's best to just treat them as individuals and not expect them to be at the same place or stage the whole way. Take it day by day and try not to compare your kids to other singletons. Multiples are often born early and don't always hit milestones at the same pace as full-term babies. Mine had really bad reflux and this made everything challenging and put us a little bit behind the quote-unquote normal curve. But today they are doing great and caught right up as far as their skills. So again, this insight is just so helpful. And we're going to actually hear a little bit more about this from our next mom. Her name is Jill, who gives us her story with her now toddler twins and imparts some amazing words of wisdom to us that is along the same lines, like I said, of what I just read out to you. But also she goes into how she navigates two different styles of eaters and also some amazing meal prep tips for them when they were babies and then now as toddlers. So let's listen into Jill. 
So you started with like the oats mixed with the, you said milk, right? And then with the breast milk. And so then from there, how Mm -hmm. did they progress? Again, kind of generally the same progression schedule or types of foods that you started offering them? Or did you find one baby started, you know, showing interest in finger foods before the other or was pickier or anything like that? I found at the beginning, they were um, similar, but I find now um, at around the one year mark, I have two very different types of eaters. We started off with things like um, avocado, um, scrambled eggs, Uh, We do like a lot of toast fingers, things like that, that we started with um, bananas, things like that. And we kind of just let them like, I would just do breakfast for like six months. I did that. I think for like two months, I just did breakfast because it was the easiest meal for us to do and sort of, you know, clean up. And then we did breakfast supper. And then obviously now it's breakfast, lunch, dinner. So I found at the beginning, they kind of progressed. Now I find I have one of our boys and this is carries over into all factors of their personality. One of our boys is very like fast and furious. Like he's hungry. He wants to eat. He wants instant satisfaction to not be hungry. And then when he's done, he throws his food everywhere and he wants out. (laughs) And then our other little guy takes a little bit to warm up when he's eating. He likes lots of options. He kind of picks one. He smells it. He's very like very sensory. And he takes about 15 minutes longer to eat. Mm-hmm. I'm usually like cleaning up around him and he's still in his high chair, like looking at things, but he still eats a ton. He just, um, he's a slower eater and he likes to just really examine and take a moment to decide what he's going to eat first. So I find that a little bit tricky sometimes because our boy that likes to eat a lot at once and then is done. Um, if he isn't satisfied what's on his plate at that moment, he he sometimes will lose his mind. <laughs> so I don't, um, and my husband's a chef. Oh. Um, so he's obviously um, quite passionate about healthy eating, especially for kids, which is, it's great as well because he gets the girls quite involved in the kitchen. So they now are kind of translating that over into helping their brothers. So right now I'm kind of dealing with the whole, like, I don't want you to be hungry, but I'm not making a special meal for you versus your brother. Mm -hmm. Um, So I usually sit him down after his brother has sat down and has started eating. So I'll do like one first, just for a couple of minutes, get him settled to put some food on his tray. And then I'll, I'll put my other boy in and I'll serve of the meal, probably things that I know he likes best. Cause I find once he gets that hunger out of the system, then he's willing to eat. But if it's something that he can't pick up, he just gets frustrated and just really wants to move on really quickly. So so right now I'm finding it's probably been the trickiest part of our feeding journey is <laughs> trying to keep them both fed at the same time with the same foods, which with two very different styles of eaters. Yes. Okay. That's a, that's, that's also really helpful to see like, okay, how do you <laughs> adjust to the different personalities? Because I'm sure, you know, for all the moms or dads out there that are listening that are like, you know, we're pregnant with twins or we're approaching this the stage of starting solid soon. And we have at least, you know, twins, maybe triplets, God knows, right. How do you deal with, okay, one child who like, I'm just thinking, like you said, wants to eat really quickly. The other one's really slow, who has like maybe kind of negative, I don't know. They just don't like being in the high chair and the other Mm -hmm. one does. And like trying to keep everyone (laughs) sane and good and fed without catering or even drawing too much attention to one child 
over the other. Cause sometimes that can turn into a thing too, where it's like almost expected. And I think for you, what's really cool. Like you said, you have four kids, you, you have two previous girls. You've sort of been through what it's like to feed multiples. I mean, they're not at the exact same age, but they're all there. They're all at the table. You're balancing and multitasking and managing all these kids. So with that being said, do you have any tips for any parents who are like, how do we the just general tips for managing multiple kids at mealtimes. Is there a lot of demands, requests, clean up for one? Like, I don't know. I'm just trying to picture what could happen. Anything yeah. to prep parents for? Well, like I said, my husband's a chef. However, he's, mm-hmm. um, he's all about, I would say, rustic cooking. Like he likes to use real ingredients. So he makes the same things for the girls as he does the boys, but obviously watches the salts and sugars and those sorts of things. I would say don't overthink it. Um, Don't stress about every night that there's a recipe and a meal. When he's at work sometimes, and I have four of them, and I've picked the girls up from school, and I've got to feed four and then do bath and bedtime and everything myself. You know, sometimes I'll do a scrambled egg wrap with avocado in it for the kids, you know, and some slices of fruit on the side. Like, I don't stress that every meal has to be a perfectly put together meal. I've offered you different food groups. Um... And you're having nutrition and you're eating at the correct time that, you know, your blood sugar is staying regulated and all those things. But I'm not, I don't stress every night if it's not a perfect meal. Sometimes the girls get home from, especially when they're at daycare and they're not starving because they eat all at daycare. Um, and I'll put out a plate of like cut veggies with hummus and they'll sit there and chat and dip veggies into hummus because they're not starving, but they want something. So I find by doing that, it makes our evenings probably a little bit easier. I mean, I've offered them food. They're not going to bed hungry. They've had some sort of nutrition. And then, you know, I'm not spending however long, you know, making a stir fry or whatever, because we have lots of nights where that happens as well. Like when my husband's home and we're home earlier, but on those evenings that it's rushed, especially when it's just me with four of them, I would say just don't overthink it and don't stress about it. And that's kind of my biggest, I'd say piece of advice with twins in general is just don't stress and don't overthink it. Like I have two boys that were raised in the same household that have been with me 24 hours a day for the last 13 months. And their personalities are like night and day. So, I mean, obviously you're going to teach your kids right from wrong and you're going to teach them the value of, you know, healthy foods and treats and all that kind of stuff. But a lot of their personality, they are who they are and don't beat yourself up. If someone's not eating at this point in time, or it seems like you're going through a weird stage or anything like that, like just stay calm yeah. Like don't, don't overthink it and just go with the flow when it's, when you're in a sweet spot and everything's going well, you know, make hay while the sun shines. But if you're in a tough spot with any of your kids at any ages, just, you know, find a way to get through it and then kind of pick up and keep going once you get out of that stage. Oh, I love, love, love that advice. And in a way, in a strange way, I wouldn't even say strange, but in a way it is a blessing to have that, you know, to be kind of thrown into that situation where it's, you don't have the time (laughs) to Mm -hmm. stress over every little detail, because as we know, especially like millennial parents in this day and age and like tons of info on the internet. And like you said, research changing every, you know, month, it seems we could drive ourselves crazy with like, are we doing this perfectly? Is this right? Is this a perfectly balanced meal? Did they eat enough? Uh, did I say the right thing? You know, did I do this on time? All of these, (laughs) these things that are going through our heads can drive us crazy. And so in a way it's a blessing that you're almost too busy to have to, you know, you can't even deal with that stuff. That's, that's put really 
it's like you put the important things first and forward. Right. And that's really what matters. And so it's hard sometimes when you do have like the one child, it's your first one. Again, you're like, everything has to be right. And I have a bit more time. I'm not saying you have tons of time because none of us have that much time, but a (laughs) bit more time at least than somebody with multiples or maybe who's had like second, third, fourth kid to, to realize, like, let's just focus on the actual things that are going to move the needle that are important, that are going to really truly affect their life in the long run versus the minute details that at the end of the day, would you know a difference between a baby who had this one thing versus the other, you know, in six months time, will we even know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's really, really awesome. Okay. My other question that I want to ask you is, is it true that you have to buy double of everything? Like I assume high chairs, obviously you're going to have to buy two of those, but like what, what else, when it comes to feeding, do we need, like, do you need a whole slew of plates and forks and cups and, you know, I don't know, any tips that you have around that? Um, I just assume stock up like crazy, but maybe you don't need to. I mean, our boys right now are still basically eating off their, their trays. So we, we haven't invested too much in any sort of gadgets. Um, We have for our girls, Ikea plates and bowls and cutlery. And that's what we use um, for them. So we had all that and obviously like a ton of bibs. But other than that, we haven't purchased feeding wise um, double of anything too crazy. We have two of the Ikea, like the plain white high chairs, like simple. Um, One thing that I do with the boys because they spend all their time together, um, I face their high chairs together when they eat. Okay. We call it the table for two, (laughs) Um, but I just face them together. So they kind of watch each other eat and they babble to each other while they're doing it. Because a lot of times, like as much as we try and sit down as a family, you know, if there's activities going on or, you know, I don't always, we don't always perfectly sit down as a family of six and have every meal and have a life-changing conversation. (laughs) You know, it's busy sometimes. Sometimes the girls are hungry earlier or later. So they'll sit kind of at our breakfast bar in our kitchen here and the boys will sit next to them with their high chairs sort of facing each other. And I found that's actually really helpful. They kind of watch each other. They've started now though, like if they don't particularly like something, they'll put it on their brother's tray. So (laughs) maybe give them a little separation in between, but yeah, I found that's actually been like a really neat little way to, I mean, they're like best friends, right? They spend all their time together. So it's like, they're actually just conversing with each other and sharing a meal together with each other. So I love that. That's a great tip. I never even would have thought of, you know, obviously like they're with each other all the time. Right. And you know, they're joined at the hip pretty much like any, any multiples, uh, or siblings of, you know, that are twins or triplets, that kind of thing would be. But, um, I never really thought of that is, you know, facing them towards each other so they can mimic each other. They can learn from each other. They can have the company, you know, they're always, they always have company, which is so amazing. (laughs) Um, again, another blessing. I was going to say as well. Um, one thing that we do, which anybody who has especially more than one child. And when you, you know, when you go back to work and you're busy, one thing that we do is we do a lot of meal prep ahead of time, but not necessarily specific meals. Mm -hmm. For instance, um, my husband will make a huge batch of rice and then we'll freeze it in individual servings or he'll take like turnip carrots, he'll roast them. And then we freeze them in individual servings. Lasagna, he does the same thing so that if we ever have a night like that, where it's like tight time or whatever, we can pull stuff out and warm it up in the microwave. So they're like freezer meals, but they're more like ingredients to different meals that like, say we have chicken, but we have nothing else. Then we have that cooked and that saves us a ton of time. Yes. Okay. I, that's exactly what I was going to ask you is the meal prep tips, because again, 
imagine like what if for those parents who don't really have them Mm -hmm. kind of at the same time or their naps are so different, you know, like how do you even have the time in between to, to prep anything throughout the day? Do you have any tips for us on just for kids in general, I suppose, how do you either keep them busy when you're in the kitchen or do you get them involved when you're in the kitchen or what, do you have any tips or strategies for you to be actually be able to get things done (laughs) with four kids around you? Yeah. Like I said, the ingredients part, that's like prep, like my husband at the beginning of the week, if um, like he's making a school lunch, if he goes to like chop up vegetables, he'll just chop up like four peppers say, and then he'll put that in a container in the fridge. So then that's easy to grab things like that. When you go to do something, just kind of do enough. Like if you go to touch something, if you go to prep something or clean up something or whatever, we try and be like, okay, just touch it once. So just like finish the job while you're doing it and try and like think ahead for, you know, supper or the next day even. Because kids I find don't generally care too much if they have the same snack three days in a row or whatever, you know, so if it's like vegetables or whatever. So I'd say prep enough that you're always a little bit ahead. Yeah, I would say that that definitely, definitely helps us. And like putting, getting stuff in the freezer so that you always have something to grab kind of worst case scenario. Yeah. No, I love that. It's like, you always have to think in advance. It's like, you got to be on your toes (laughs) and be proactive versus reactive (laughs) because it's going to help so much more in the long run. Okay. I love that. Yes. Such good tips. I loved hearing all of that. And as you can see, one thing I want to mention is how they all use different feeding approaches at some point in time, even they all used a mixed approach. And so really either one, whether puree feeding or baby led weaning, either one can work no matter what. However, I could imagine with more than twins, so triplets or quadruplets, etc., how generally speaking, offering finger foods and doing kind of the baby led weaning route would be easier just so that you're not having to actively be the one to feed them all at the exact same time. Sometimes I do hear, and again, I could totally imagine how hard it is to be spoon feeding two or more babies using two spoons and two bowls at the same time. So you'd have one spoon for baby A, one spoon for baby B, and then you're kind of back and forth, back and forth, which can result in a lot of crying if the babies don't like to wait, you know, long between each spoonful and they become upset. And ideally, we want to go at their own pace and help them lead the way. But also in that situation, I honestly would say if you're doing the spoon feeding route, feed them from the same bowl and spoon. Don't worry about them sharing food or exchanging some germs. They're twins or triplets or whatever they are. And trust me, they're going to be sharing germs from now until forever. So there's really no point in avoiding it or worrying about it. Once again, just to repeat, your sanity is so important and they're going to be so much happier with the logistics of the meal making more sense so that they can eat at a good pace. I'd also encourage you to still offer each of your kids utensils to play with and explore on their own. Now, without a doubt, cleanup is going to be way harder for you if you have multiples like triplets, quadruplets, etc. And it's going to be way more time consuming for sure. And I would love to do an episode in the future for parents of triplets, etc. You know, I don't know what the, the catch-all term is for all of them, for the for multiple, you know, more than twins. But I want to be able to gain some insight on that as well and just see like how it changes even more going from two or more kids at once. And I imagine, I mean, you're going to need a lot of help from another adult at that point. I mean, really, a community of people is so important when raising kids. You know, both 
a physical community and also a virtual one if you have it or if you can find one that can provide you with advice and love and encouragement and care. We know this. We know this even with one child. All of which leads me to the fact that in June, we are launching an exclusive membership community for parents who have uh, purchased one of my feeding courses or will be purchasing one of them. So that's the baby-led feeding course and or the feeding toddlers course. And that is going to offer continued support and resources through every step of the feeding journey. That is the purpose of this membership because I firmly believe that raising a healthy eater is definitely not a one-time act. It requires daily support and ongoing practice to build habits as a parent and to help give your little one that ongoing experience that they need. This all becomes just so much easier when you have the support of other parents like you, and of course, the support of a dietitian like me to keep you moving in the right direction. So in this membership, we're gonna be having monthly baby and toddler friendly recipes that the whole family will be able to enjoy and love. They're all dietitian approved. We're gonna have an extensive video and resources library with new and up-to-date resources every single month, including a lot of guides that so many of you have been asking for, totally research-filled and so easy to use. Monthly live coaching calls as well with me, your dietitian. I will be jumping on a call and we can talk through your situation. We can get down to the root of a problem. We can offer you some psychological support. We can offer you just just that ability to talk through something with somebody and move on to the next step. So, so important. That's going to be happening in the monthly live coaching calls. We're also going to be having guest experts on feeding and parenting related topics and different activities. Plus, like I said, a community of thousands of parents already in there, and I know it's going to grow so big. So if you are interested, please join the waitlist. You can just sign up using the link in the show notes. It's going to be so good. You'll be the first to hear about it, but not only that you're going to be offered an exclusive founding members price if you're on the wait list so I hope that this whole episode was really helpful to you if you have any feedback if you found even an ounce of value from this episode please 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 leave me a review I cannot tell you how much it means to me when you just click that five-star rating when you just leave even a, a sentence to review it and let me know what you're thinking about this this goes such a long way to pushing this podcast out to other parents just like you who could use the help, who could use a little guidance, and who also want to get confident in feeding their babies and toddlers. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.